I'm Spencer Galfon for runitonce.com. Oh, <laughs> this is the stuff that people want to see. Yeah, welcome to the pod, Spencer. Yes. Hi. <laughs> hey, hi. Spencer, you're the heir to the it's not for it's not fortune, it's not legacy. It's empire. <laughs> so, Phil brought me wine because my hostesses are drinking wine. Or yeah. Yeah. They're drinking. I got even even classier. I'm on the yeah. call. Call train. Yeah. I just woke up, so this is my breakfast. Nice. Thanks, honey. Bye, Phil. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Right. Bye. Well, well, cheers. I need a little more volume, actually. Philip, I can't hear them. Like, they're very quiet. Yeah, okay. Do you want to see how many times we can make Phil leave and enter the room? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's better. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this should be kind of close to your face. Okay. Sweet. I try to have um, a rule where I don't drink until after the baby goes to bed because, like, then I feel like I really, really am rewarding myself. Like, yeah. Like, I've accomplished so much from that day but this is a special occasion this was this was really smart of us to pretend we're doing a podcast for you to get an hour by yourself like what do you want to talk about yeah <laughs> it's like a big deal thank you um, <laughs> well it's like listen Farah is doing a daily podcast with us for an hour you could just close the door and drink wine <laughs> to be perfectly honest i was feeling so crazy today that i thought i might want to postpone till tomorrow and i was texting with my mom and my sister and they were like well, we think it would be in your best interest to just shut up and put on some makeup and talk to some adults and maybe you might actually feel more like yourself. I'm yeah. beginning to not feel like myself. And, um, you know, I've always had um, stuff of my own going on. Mm-hmm. And the last few months, we, uh, well, we got rid of our nanny in December and then we came here the first week of January and it's just been just me, you know, all day, every day. There's no breaks. There's no days off. It's you have to get up at 6 a.m. every morning and you have no choice. And and I love him and I would, you know, I, I don't want to be quarantined with anyone else besides my little baby, but it's just totally exasperating. <laughs> and I know I'm not the only one in the world going through this, um, but I've never been a stay-at-home mom and mm-hmm. I'm getting like a, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah crash course. It has <laughs> yeah. to be harder than normal than like most people would have it because most people, even if they like can't have a nanny or afford to send their kid to childcare or anything like that, you're still once in a while going to have a play date. Like someone like your mom or mother-in-law will come over and be like, okay, I'll take them for a couple hours. Go take a shower. Like go have yeah. a drink, do something. It has to be absolutely insane to be quarantined and have nobody safe to come over. Like you're probably afraid to have people over to help you, right? Oh yeah. That's, it's not in the question right now. Um, I, when Phil, um, asked me about leaving the country to do these challenges, it was in, I think November or December. And I, um, thought, sure, I want to support the company. I think it'll be great for run at once. It'll be great for you to play at, you know, like, I'm doing mom stuff right now. One of us needs to start trying to make some money again because all we do is dump it back into the company. We got nothing coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very keen on the idea and um, supportive. 
and, and even a little excited, but I, but I said, you know, um, we got to go somewhere that's easy for me to get back home because I'm probably going to get bored. And, um, my family just moved to Vegas in the fall and it was like, you know, two months after they moved, they, my sister picked up her kids and, you know, they moved across the country to like be closer to us so we could like raise our kids together. And, and then like, I had to tell her, Hey, we're leaving for like six months. Sorry. Um, so I had some guilt there. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I just thought I would be able to make trips home when I got, when Spencer and I got a little stir crazy up here. Um, and listen, I love Vancouver. I know my way around. We used to live here. Um, and for the first however many weeks we were here, it was fine because I'd get out in the stroller. We'd go do some errands. He just now uh, can start like running around at, at, at the park. Now the parks are closed. I'm scared mm. to go to the grocery. Uh, Phil doesn't even want me like taking the dog out. We have a rooftop patio where I try to get the dog to go to the bathroom. And so, yeah, it's just obviously no one could have ever imagined this or planned for this. And um, for me personally, I'm not like, you know, I still have it good. It's just, I kind of wish I was in my own house and I wish that I had my stuff and I wish I had like my family I you know I don't know like at what what extent my family and I would be hanging out you know but um yeah I guess I'll never know so yeah um, you know who another person who's like going through a similar thing I don't know do you talk to Kara Scott ever because she's going through like she's in Italy and she actually her and her family moved to this like little this farmhouse thing that her husband's side of the family has. Yeah, I've seen I've seen all of her tweets. I, I and I follow her on Instagram and we message from time to time, not a lot, mm-hmm. but yeah, I am. It's, it's funny. It's like yeah. having your stuff. Like I didn't think having your stuff would be a big deal, except mm-hmm. that that seems to be what bothers her a lot. Like your small comforts of like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to put on this pair of sneakers and go for a walk. Oh, I have mm-hmm. one pair of shoes or mm-hmm. like anything like, oh, I forgot my contact solution or like there's little things that when you're packing for a short trip, you just forget. You're like, whatever. But then when it's like two months later, you yeah. lose your mind having like one pair of shoes and none of your stuff. Especially like um, with ha- so Spencer my home, my home in Vegas, like I just had gotten done, like making it just like this mystical place for a child. (laughs) Like he's got, he's got everything that could entertain him for weeks upon, you know, and, and now, so we, when we got here, we went to Walmart, we got a few toys and we ordered some stuff on Amazon, but I didn't know that I would be stuck inside. I would have ordered a lot more. And now they're only shipping, you know, essential items. So we've got a few books and we've got a few toys and he's so sick of everything, you know? And so I'm just like letting him, I don't know if you all follow me on Instagram, but I just let him go around from room to room and like pull stuff out of drawers. And just like, I, I have like, I've gone crazy, like looking around this apartment, like trying to figure out what else we can do. Like, it's crazy. Like the stuff that I've tried, I've like, I put... I got this big bowl out a couple days ago and I just filled it with dry noodles because Phil ordered enough pasta to like feed an army. I was like, we can spare a little bit. And um, I just filled this bowl up and I like hid stuff in the noodles. And he was like, he just tried to eat the dry noodles and was like, this is dumb and just like threw them (laughs) everywhere. And another thing I tried was filling up a big bowl of water and like putting like some of his little float toys in there and like let them, I didn't, 
I didn't really know what the purpose was. I'm just like desperate. And, um, that became, that was a disaster. Like he just started splashing as much as he could. The whole floor was soaked and then he was like slipping. And then I had to like use up all the bath towels to dry it up. And anyway, it's just hard not being in my house, my, my house. And, um, we're not, this isn't like a tiny apartment. It's still a nice apartment. We're not like cramped, but you know, it just like could be better. I I don't, I don't want to complain, but like, I'm just, um, I'm just bored. I'm just bored. Yeah. I just think like for me, there's, there's just no like light at the end of the tunnel right now. And I need to, if I know the date that things are going to change, I'll feel better but it's mm-hmm. so hard to even plan. Like you just don't have any idea what your life's going to look like in a month, six months. So that just gives me anxiety. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I think that when we all have answers, we'll feel a bit better. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I've said it to Phil a few times cause we're supposed to be here through the end of May. Um, that's like two more months. And I, and I, for like I feel very weak mentally. Like I'm trying to stay strong and like power through, but each day is very, very tough. And I've never experienced this before. I've had like, like maybe like right before I met Phil, I had like a weird time where my show was canceled and like I had an identity crisis when I moved back to LA. And like I, but that it's been a while since I've had any kind of like, Uh, I might be losing it right now. Like my mind is not rock solid. Like it usually is. I'm usually like pretty strong mentally and I feel very vulnerable, like weak right now. Do you think part of it could just be that you're being forced to to be awake early, like on a day, like think about other times in your life when you've maybe felt like a little bit unsteady. You could just sleep in one day till noon. You could like go to a spa. You could go to the gym. You come home and you're like, okay, mental health day is good. And like now you have a responsibility that makes you like cut short your sleep and be busy focusing on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think, and I was trying to think today, like when I whenever we get back to Vegas, like will I just sort of naturally recover or will I need like a two to three day just me like retreat? somewhere or just like in my house and just have someone take care of Spencer and just let me like have my mind like kind of rest and settle. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know how I'm going to last two more months here on lockdown with, with the one year old. I, I, I'm trying, but it, but it, but I don't know how I'm going to do it because I'm already feeling really, really weird for me. And, um, and uh, Phil's doing everything he can to um, alleviate. Um, he's cutting his work days shorter. He's not studying as much. And I feel a little bad about that, but I'm sorry, Phil. You're like the only source that I have of anything right now. I can't have anyone come in and help me. So he's try- he's spreading himself very thin right now. And um, of course, I want him to be as rested as he can for the challenge and um, he's doing a great job of balancing stuff and trying to help me. It's just still not enough, unfortunately. Like I need more help. Um, cause I'm, I'm on the clock 6am. So about, well, today he let, he relieved me at three. 
but most days it's from like six to four and then uh, Spencer goes to bed around seven. So we have a few hours together. Just, I don't know. My life's so different now. And it's even, it's like with the quarantine, it's like, it's just nothing I've ever experienced. I'm trying to just try my best and I hope I don't fucking lose it. (laughs) Are you, are you missing poker a lot or just missing? Yeah. I miss poker. I miss, just having my own thing, you know, like, like I just like, yeah, going to a workout class, going to hang out with a friend, whatever, like those kind of things just like don't exist anymore. And I, you know, I mean, I just live to watch Netflix, but yeah, like, you live to be a mom. So it's like, we just have one, one role. That's yeah. kind of what Kara was saying. It made me feel bad. I'm like, everyone is kind of just trying to find the things that make them happy. And mm-hmm. some people are posting about them. Like, oh, some people are cooking awesome meals or like they're watching Tiger King or like some dumb TV. And like, I didn't realize it until like looking at all that stuff that the people who are like bogged down with kids stuck in a small house are like, I would fucking die to watch some stupid show on Netflix mm-hmm. or like make a meal or like be regular board instead of like overworked and board. <laughs> so we watch Tiger King. We're still watching TV, but this is how we do it. We put Spencer down. We have our, during Spencer's bath time, we, we load up our, if we're ordering dinner, we load up the cart and we like time it out perfectly to like order dinner so that it's ready like 10 minutes after he goes down. And the second we are, he's down, we like, I get my wine, fills it, we, quickly throw toys away and we 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 start the show because we we don't have any time because we have to go to bed at like 8 30 like we have so we'll watch we watch one and a half episodes of stuff (laughs) (laughs) one and a half we can't even watch two episodes of anything anymore we used to watch a whole series in a night so anyway yeah um it takes us longer to get through stuff um but that's just you know how it is but look, Phil made a huge comeback in his challenge. And so like, that's the bright spot in our life right now. So we have things to be happy about and grateful for. And we're healthy and, um, you know, we're in a nice apartment in Vancouver. Like, things could be worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much worse, but they could be worse. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a lot worse for the Twitter trolls that you dunk on every single day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even I was, get the half of them. Some of them aren't worth my time. But but the ones that like s- just stab me right, in, that just like either stab me in the heart or they fuel me with rage, then mm-hmm. they get my attention. Like it has to really be a specific thing. Like, you know, they have to like really be mean to Phil is usually what gets me going. But like yesterday I had someone tell me my baby was ugly and I, that's not worth my time. No, that's so stupid. Those are the people who get blocked. Like anybody who like the the only people I ever block are the ones who are like, will say something about my looks or just be like, you're a fucking moron or something like that. I'm just like, this person will never ever make me happy or teach me anything. So Mm -hmm. they get blocked or muted or whatever. Um, Like the calling your baby ugly, that person is like a trash human being and a liar. Obviously. Yeah. Well, it's just, I can't even, that's not worth, you don't get the retweet. Sorry. You don't get mm-hmm. your 15 minutes. That's <laughs> not going to work. Yeah. We were just talking about this and like, I, I just feel like, I don't know, like Jamie, like is so patient on Twitter. You're somewhere in the middle and I'm so reactive that like any, I, we were saying, I need to like 
do like a 10 minute response rate. Like I have to just chill for 10 minutes and see if I still want to send it. Cause if you do 10 minutes later, then you like, it's probably worth it. But mm-hmm. I need to, I, I just have, I respond to fucking everybody. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I need to like moderate a little bit and I need to find a happy balance of, um, or whatever. But, um, yeah, I was telling her, I, I saw recently you did some tweet where you said like, you know, you and Phil have been in the public eye for a while and like you like carefully thought out what you should say or something on Twitter. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? And like, sure. I mean, I, um, so Phil watches, he, he watches all the, um, not, not so much right now, but, um, all the superhero shows. He loves that shit. I, I don't watch any of that stuff. I, I can't watch a CW show. Like I can't get through them. Um, he, so we're renting this apartment and I'll just, we discovered some, I won't divulge how we discovered, but we discovered that the star of Arrow, um, he, he lived here for many years and he had a baby and those are the circles that the, they put on her wall. This was her room. And, um, and he thought it was cool. He, he, he was like, he like came, he like came to me with the information. He was like, I'm sorry. Okay. He was starstruck. He was was excited. He was starstruck. And I was like, well, that's cute. And then he, we went on his Instagram to see if we saw any pictures of the apartment and we did. And I, and I was like, in the spot, there was a picture on his Instagram, by the way, he has like six and a half million followers and the picture had over, over 500,000 likes. And it was just him on the couch. Like you can't see the, his daughter's face, but they're in the corner of the couch. And that was, that's Phil's corner of the couch coincidentally. And I was like, well, let's just, let's just emulate, just let's like emulate the picture and um, it'll be a cute tweet, you know? And like, probably he'll, he'll, I'd say probably he'll think it's cute. Like if he ever sees it and I think he probably will. Um, You aren't, we learned that you aren't able to tag him in photos on or in tweets or whatever. Anyway. um, And we, yeah, we really thought about it. And Phil is very calculated. Marley, I'm not as, I'm not as, I'm not as thoughtful when it, when it comes yeah. to like, should I tweet this or should I not? Um, he, he, he's very methodical with all of his tweets, everything he does in business. And he always puts a lot of thought into everything. And um, he's like, well, whoa, 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 wait, so let's, let's try to think if there's anything that would be, you know, offensive about this or like bother him about it. And we really thought hard and we're like, this picture's on his Instagram. It has 500,000 likes. There's, it, it doesn't like compromise the security of his location because he doesn't live here anymore. He's in a different country. Like, I don't, you know, and we're just showing a corner of the couch. We're not putting like the location. Like, it doesn't matter because we, like, we don't want to compromise our security, you know? Like, anyway, um, yeah, we, we really, really thought about it. And that was because Phil wanted to. I was ready to just tweet. And um, and we posted it. And then, like, I, we went to bed. And then I woke up at, yeah, I woke up at 6. And my phone was, like, flooded with stuff from Twitter. And I just see that he retweeted it and said, this sucks. And then he asked me to take it down because it, it wasn't cool. Like, it's not cool. And, like, I'm just, like, rap. I'm, like... I didn't see this part. I just saw you say that you 
like think about things through, you know what I mean? But I didn't know this whole story. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's the story. And, um, so I'm like, sure, I'll, t- I'll take it down. Cause I don't give a crap about it. I'm not trying to like get famous from your, that from whatever, like it just, it meant, it meant nothing to me. So I delete it. And then I'm like making coffee and I'm like, how, how, why was he so rude about it? Like this sucks. Like you should be so like, whatever. It just made no sense. And I think most people agreed that it made no sense. Like, why was he offended? I don't know. He was offended. I don't know why. I mean, and you did him a favor. I had never heard of this dude before. So you made him more famous by at least one person. <laughs> Yeah. Um, a lot of his like really like diehard fans even tweeted at me or was like, don't feel bad. He's bit, he acts like this a lot. Like he gets really offended over stupid stuff. He's really sensitive. And then someone sent me some other links about how he has like anxiety and panic attacks and maybe he's just not well. It's fine. Um, yeah. No, Marley, when I get a tweet that like bothers me, no one can, no one can talk to me until I've yeah. Yeah. I, well, I just go right for it. Well, I, no just, I just wonder too, because it's like, even something like that, like I find myself in situations where like that and like, it takes up my whole morning where I'm thinking about it. Even if, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, why am I letting this person live rent, rent free in my head? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if it bothers mm-hmm. me, it's like, so then I just get to the point where I'm just like, w- social media is a complete and utter waste of time. Like yeah. I should just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of feel like, uh, but then I get back on it eventually because there's obviously like positives to it, but like, you know, I also kind of just feel like, is any battle really worth it? You know, at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. but then being a pushover yeah. sucks too, right? Mm-hmm. I know. Like, I feel like that when someone like attacks somebody else that I care about, like, that's why I understand you, Farrax. Like I very rarely feel the need to like get somebody who's like going after me. Cause I'm like, whatever, I can handle it. But dumb shit is being said about my friends or like family yeah. or other. And I'm just like, this is where you draw the lines. I'm like, yeah. you don't want to just be a doormat pushover type of person and let people say whatever they want when they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. And like my husband is the most pure. He's so not, he's just how, I just don't understand how you could say anything bad about him. And it, it blows my mind if I ever, if I ever see anyone doing such a thing. So it, it Anyway, yeah, that's the that's how you get me. But look, what, what you were saying, Marley, um, I I had a hard like hard lesson with social media when I when I did the soaps, mm-hmm. and I would read message boards and read terrible things about myself. And this was when MySpace was, you know, whatever, and Facebook. Um, Marley, you were probably 14 years old. I don't know. Um, (laughs) And it became, um, I've used the word detrimental already, but it was to, you know, I I found myself wanting to um, change these people's minds and these people's opinions. And I was like, why don't they like me? Why, why? you know, they think I'm a shitty actress. I have to get better. And then I would check, like, if I thought I did good in a scene, I would check the message boards to see, you know, I was, and then finally one day it just like, I had this epiphany and I was like, why am I trying to get these miserable people to approve, approve of me? Like, 
And it was, I had, I don't know, I did it all on my own. I decided to get off social media totally. I can't, I've deleted Facebook. I deleted MySpace. I never went on another message board. Mm -hmm. I never went on another message board and that was that. And that was for a few years and I was so much happier. I never read anything about myself. I never, I didn't even, I didn't look in the soap opera magazines. I didn't look at anything. And, um, yeah, and so a lot of people know the story about how I ha- I was forced to get a Twitter account several years later from a show that I was working on, and I had someone running my account for me because I I was told them I said I'm not on social media anymore. It's very it's not good for me. It's not good for my health. And um, but anyway, I got sucked back into it, and but I, I'm stronger now, you know. So these people don't bother me because I remember what I went through before, and I let people get to me, and now. And now I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said, Jamie, it's just like, I feel like there's just more productive ways to like not be a pushover. Like actually having, like if you're at a poker table and people are at a line or like they're having, like to speak up then is way more like, or to like have a constructive conversation then face to face is way more like worthwhile than like even battling it out with someone who you know in real life. Cause I feel like there's so much like left unsaid with tone and like context and stuff when it comes to like Twitter and like social media in general. So I don't know. I'm trying to like step away and just use it. Like, and you're saying it's so important to have it. If you have any social, if you have any like public presence, you kind of need to have it. So I'm just trying to look Jennifer Aniston broke down after how many years? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then she broke the internet when she finally, yeah, I mean, there, there's some things it's hard to be quiet about though. Like, especially this, yeah. this is an example with like the coronavirus, like Marley, I hit you up first before I posted back to one of our mutual friends being like, do you know this girl really well? Cause she's saying some really damaging things like, Hey guys, just go out and play poker. It's cool. Like we all touch these chips all the time. Oh, yeah. so, like, you know, you, you probably are already immune to all this stuff. And I'm just like, I, I hit up Marley first to just be like, uh, do you want to like her, hit her up or what? And then I was just like, fuck it. I just like posted something to her that wasn't nasty or anything, but just being like, wake up. Cause if someone actually like looks up to you and goes and plays a poker session, you're fucked. Like this is, this is something yeah. like if this person gets sick, it is directly because of you. Um, and then she responded with some lame thing and I was just like, Ugh. like there are things that are worth it. You know, there's not being like Spencer's a cute baby, not an ugly baby, like probably not worth your time. But like when someone has a ton of followers putting out really bad information, like yeah. maybe that's a time to just be like not being yeah. a pushover. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You can choose your public battles. And yeah. Yeah. It's that time again. Time for me to plug our sponsors. As fans of Run at Once Poker already know, Splash the Pot is one of the unique ways that we give back to our players by taking some of the rake and throwing it back on the tables into randomly selected pots. Well, this week we're happy to announce the return of a popular promo that cranks up the dial on Splash the Pot. That's right, Splashy Hours are back. From now until April 12th, we'll be increasing the rakeback offered through our Splash the Pot program for eight hours of every day, with rakeback percentages of up to double the normal level. For full details, check out once.run sh and get to splashing. And as always... 
If you're looking to bring your poker game to the next level, head on over to Run It Once Training, where you can learn from a massive library of content made by folks like Phil Galfon and a slew of other world-class players. Sign up now through once.run/learn and you'll receive free access to 3 of their elite level videos. And now let's get back to Jamie, Marley, and our lovely guest, Farah Galfond. Let's talk about happy things. You want to talk about the talk about I want to know what these swings are like riding the roller coaster against Benavidi and having all these people who were like Phil fanboys suddenly being like, I don't know, man, I think he lost a step. Maybe he's in over his head. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever waver in how you feel? Or was it like you knew at some point everything would turn around? Well, knowing Phil all this time, I, I've seen I've seen this happen before. I've seen him go on these huge downers and um but there was something different about well he's very resilient and um he always figures stuff out. Um I think when he was learning deuce to seven, triple draw, when those big nosebleed uh draw games were running on full tilt, I think he like he called it like a two million dollar lesson he he lost two million straight trying to play this game but then he like won five million like you know I've seen him do this kind of crap before and um behind the scenes yeah we got really sad and it felt like I don't know like it felt like he was never gonna win again but during the time off like I saw I saw like a chain or not like a chain, but like a special, I could tell that I could tell that he was not going to quit before he ever told me or announced it. Um, and he, yeah. So he had a lot of confidence and I just, um, I trusted him. So I basically, you know, you'd think that my reaction would be like, Phil, this guy's got your number, your fucking toast brother like this is embarrassing we're just going broke here like that's whatever that's what you know that's what it looks like and he had explained to me in a lot of like mathematical ways like the odds of that happening were like 0.5 percent the run that he had it was just astronomical like um, it's like astronomically unlikely that 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 would have happened even if he was the underdog and he um if he was the fish in the game, he still should have been winning about 30% of the time or, you know, whatever it was. He like put it into numbers for me. And, um, and I saw his confidence, like he like regained composure and it got his confidence back on the, in the break. And I knew he was going to continue. And I just, I was just, I, the whole time I was like, whatever you decide, I trust you because Guys, he he's on a different level. Like, yeah, he's on a different level. He he. While everyone's thinking one thing, and because that's what it looks like, he knows the truth. He knows what's really happening and what's really going on. And 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 also he he's very on. He's just very honest with himself. So so if he ever if he would have been able to know if he should have quit, and when he said he was gonna keep going. I was excited. I was like, all right, let's do it. And um, did we think that he would make it back so quickly? No, we had a goal. We had like a hope. We had a hope that like by the end of the challenge, he had 
gotten back $400,000. That, that was our goal. And I'll just tell you that. So I don't know that might, and, and if that's what happens at the end that we made back 400 K, then we'll be happy. Um, I'm actually, we're going to be happy no matter what, because, um, because it was just, it's just an awesome story. And, um, just, I, I don't know. I think he, he, um, he's, in, he's just inspiring. So what did, what did he do and you do, um, during that break to, they think made a difference or was it just variants that he needed to like take a mental break? The only thing I ever said to him at all about like my opinion was that it didn't feel like when I was watch when I watched every, every session almost, um, almost, but it didn't feel like him playing. And I don't, I don't really know how else to describe. Like I know that he had, he had been studying a lot, working with solvers and working with, you know, vision and all that. And, um, and so I'm like, I think I might've said, is it possible? Is it possible that like, it was messing you up? And he's like, I don't think it's messing me up. And then I think he said yesterday on Joey's podcast, um, that it was maybe messing him up. <laughs> uh, and so he just wanted to go back to old school Phil and just play um, the way that Phil Galfon plays. And his his mind is, is a special mind. And he understands the game on a different level. He was a pioneer in the game. He came up with, you know, algorithms for it and whatever. Like, he, he just decided to just do him. Yeah, I've heard that said before, though, um, that people, when they first start using solvers, like, eventually solvers are going to absolutely, like, improve your game 100%, but that there's a steep learning curve and that it'll feel like there's another voice in your head. You don't feel like yourself. Like, maybe you don't have as much, like, of that feeling of being in the flow of the game when you're considering all these things that your mind's just not used to thinking about. So he won't give me any of the credit, but I think that, like, maybe I opened his eyes up to that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he yeah, he said yesterday that um he still he's still like using the solvers and he's still learning from them, but he's not trying to do he's not trying to in each hand think what would this what is the solver telling me? He's still he's just playing his game now. Yeah. I actually that's like my I have watched a good amount of run at once videos and they're so fucking heavy at times that like sometimes I get bogged down and like what's the takeaway? Like what, okay. Like what do I like retain from this? But now I've like said to myself, you know what? Like I'm just going to watch a bunch over and over again. And then like, I find that like, I just kind of like try to forget it. And then naturally it just comes up in game. Like I'll just remember something like something, whatever. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like the study process is so fucking hard. I can't even imagine what it's like at that level. You know, I think if you have, I think natural talent and experience goes a long way. And, you know, if you're playing someone who's studied the solvers and all that, like probably they're going to have the edge, but not always, you know? Um, I don't know. What do I know? I was wondering what your plan is for poker because now obviously your life is a lot different. Like when quarantine is over, when things like finally get back to normal, hopefully in months and not like years. 
are you going to be a poker player? Do you have any interest in that still of like trying to get really good at poker? Like you've been playing high stakes for a long time, but like, do you have the same drive that Phil has to like study solvers and, and stay at the top of the game? I, I, I definitely want to still play. The issue is my time is so valuable now and I don't know how it's hard to get in the big, huge games. And I just don't know if playing small is, is going to be worth my time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fortunately in a position where I don't, I don't need to grind it out. Um, so I don't know. I, it's very unknown, I guess. Cause yeah, I think maybe what made me think of it was that, I don't know if we were recording yet, but you were saying you don't feel like yourself, that this is like having, like not having a thing, not having your own thing that you're like striving yeah, for. Yeah, it might be so what like when we, be? yeah, like maybe when we get back to Vegas, you know, we'll have to see where, what's happening with the world and if casinos are still going and this, that, and the other. Maybe there's a thing where like I go one to two nights a week just to play anything just so I can like, you know, have my sanity or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think once I make the decision or if I have any inkling of an idea of how, if that I'm going to be playing again, I have to, I have to get back studying. I have to watch my videos and have Phil, you know, I, I feel very out, out of the loop. Definitely. Like, um, I, I play like an hour on run at once a few nights a week after Spencer goes to bed and I hold my own, but I don't have any reasoning for what my bet sizing. Like I have no, I, I, I'm, I, I like, I can follow the story of the hand and like I make my reads, but I don't have, I don't have a good technical game right now by any means. I'm just kind of, it's been, it's been a long time. Um, 2017 was my year. Those were my glory days, 2017. <laughs> um, I was wondering also, because like I am so receptive to coaching from like every good player and friend, except for my boyfriend. He will look over my hands. He'll tell me what I should have done. Mm -hmm. And if, if he's right, I'm just like, whatever. Like it's very hard for me to learn from him, even though I think he's a better player than me. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, is it easier when Phil Galfon's your husband to listen to what he has to say, or is it the same kind of relationship thing where it's like annoying to hear from your significant other? I'm not going to argue with Phil Galfon about how to play poker. He's not going to do it. Um, he, he knows me so well. He knows how my brain works maybe more than I do. And so he knows the best way for me to learn. And so he, the few lessons that he's given me over the years or homework assignments or whatever um, are very just Farah personality based. And um, I mean, to have a coach that like knows you that well and like knows the, like the best way to teach you is like so valuable. And I'm just really lucky. Like he, He's given, I've had so many epiphanies from stuff that he's told me and taught me. And um, so I do feel like if I ever wanted to like, well, hopefully, you know, when I jump back into things, like he's going to know exactly where to start off with me, like getting back in the lab. My lab's very different from a lot of other labs. <laughs> hey, we got um, a taste of it. We saw him teaching Spencer and I was like, I bet this yeah. is exactly. <laughs> Same. That was amazing when he shows him the like he shows him the board and he's like 
Spencer immediately goes eight and eight was like the card that gave him a set. I'm just like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And then he was like <laughs> trying to pot. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Phil's an incredible teacher and I mean, he loves teaching and, um, that's why he, you know, started teaching poker. Um, he actually genuinely really loves teaching. And so, um, if you're, yeah, I'm just lucky cause he, he, he knows how to teach different types of people in the best way. And, um, and we're also similar. Like he, um, we both hated school and um, didn't like doing the work and stuff. And we learned, we learned different ways. So he, he recognized that in me. And, um, and also he doesn't want me to use solvers cause he said, um, he doesn't know how, but I always do everything right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll, I come home, I tell him a hand and he's like, how did you know to do that? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, but to enhance my rightness, he he had specific exercises for me over the years. So I have a different experience with that. I had a coach look through hand histories, and he said he looked at so many different hands I played and said, "All right, you're winning, but how are you winning?" <laughs> <laughs> I had made so many like so many little preflop mistakes that I made up for by the end of the river, like mm. often, like many many hands in a row and I was just like I don't know how I feel about that comment it's funny it's funny I mean by the way where are you all right now I know you're at home but Marley you're like in Europe now huh well I'm in the UK yeah I'm also at my boyfriend's place and I also was only planning coming for a week so I brought like nothing oh yeah and when it kind of hit the fan I was here gonna leave the next day and I just decided like I'm in the middle of nowhere like the small town and I just figured it's got to be better here than it is in Vegas. So I can stream. I can like play online poker here, obviously. So what hap- What what's up with like visa stuff? I have six months. Oh, okay, fine. Then yeah. But that, we, should, that should be good, I hope. That should be good. But also I think they might extend it because of the circumstances. Like yeah. I think that they'll be more lenient maybe because yeah. my car registration is due right now in Vegas. And then I went on the DMV website. Like they're just like, they're not making you pay right now. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Dude, I you to like read. I'm sure that that is more reasonable than a credit card. But I was looking at this email I got from this credit card and it was like, I don't even have a balance on it. It was like, hey, it, because we care about you and, and how hard it is for Americans right now, you don't yeah. have to make any payments for like this many months. I think it was three months. And yeah. I'm like, I was a lawyer. So of course I'm going to read the five pranks. I'm like, this sounds too good to be true. And I read and they're still taking interest. Oh, what? Mom bags like the, I, that just makes me sad for like these companies like why why do they always have to make money like can't you just chill out and let people live mm-hmm. for like two or three months it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah um I wanted to ask you a little bit about just living in New York and being an actor for so long there and uh I mean I guess I was curious what do you think is like a more which is higher variance the acting world or the poker world so similar yeah I yeah, it's so similar. Oh my god, the vi- oh, it's so similar. I I I feel like I mean I did I wasn't like as long. They're as- like the same careers. Yeah, I did a little bit of, of acting in uh in New York and stuff, and uh, I mean I always felt that it was like more. It was like 
much more frustrating than poker because poker, I always feel like if I study and I like do work Mm -hmm. and I run hands, like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of responsible for my own destiny long-term. Whereas like acting, it's so kind of out of your hands and there's so much kind of. Yeah. And in poker, it doesn't matter what you look like or who you know, Mm -hmm. you can just do it. Yeah. Um, I think like, there's there's so much game, there's so much risk in both careers and um, they're just so volatile like ups and downs and like you can run so good um, you know you hit that one outer or you bink that pilot you know so um, it's depressing though I feel like with acting like you would think with age you would become a better actor but with age you might get fewer opportunities anyway if you're 60 and you're a sick actor they're like cool we need like two 60 year old women in total this whole year for sitcoms or something yeah. like you might just not get an opportunity when you're actually at your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I ran so hot. Um, I mean, my graph in acting was just like <laughs> that for right out of the gate. Uh, I ran well above EV for many years. I mean, I had such a good, good run there. Um, I don't know how many years in total, like, maybe like 14 years I like you know was fully employed like I never struggled for that long and then when one life was canceled and I moved back to LA I that's when I I got to see the other side of like oh this is what everyone talks about (laughs) and it was not fun and um yeah, I was horrible at auditioning and I didn't know that I was going to be horrible at auditioning. I never had an audition before. Days of Our Lives was my first audition. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my, my, yeah, my story there is unique. So, um, and I, uh, but I had poker as my passion. I was trying to like play at commerce and stuff while I was auditioning in LA. And then I met, I met Phil around that time and, he, you know, I, I still tried to, I think the first year or two we were together, we like, we had a place in LA and I kept trying, I was back and forth for auditions. I mean, like the first summer or two that I was with him in Vegas for WSOP, I was flying back and forth for auditions. Um, I would be like at the Rio sweating him and I'd get a call. Like I had to be in Burbank the next morning, you know? So Wow. And that just got real old. And I wasn't like really, I wasn't booking anything. And it was just like, fine. I was so glad to be just, we decided that we were just done with that. And I, and I focused on poker. I was starting to play a lot more and like being with him all the time. I just like got more obsessed with it than I had ever been. So um, it was nice to have like, it's nice. I mean, I had two, two pat, two big passions in my life and I was, and I worked, and I got to, you know, be successful at both. And now I, now I'm going fucking crazy in this. Yeah. <laughs> you, do you think part of like, you're going crazy? Like you had such a creative outlet, like acting is such yeah. a creative thing. And like now acting was therapy was for me for sure. Yeah. Acting, and like acting was therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Like I like writing and when I don't write, like I wish I could draw or sing or any of that stuff. I can't. So like, I like writing, I like mm-hmm. writing jokes for other people. And like, I do some YouTube channels and things like that. 
when I don't do that for like a long time, I just feel sad. Like poker, studying and playing poker does not fulfill like everything I want to do with my life. I feel like I have like somewhat of an identity crisis if I focus completely on poker and nothing else. So I love, I like challenging myself and getting better at whatever, like getting, like self-improving at whatever I'm focused on, which is just mainly been acting and, and poker. And, um, and so I, I still felt pretty fulfilled, um, without acting and just playing poker. A lot of people, don't you miss acting? My mom, my mom was like, basically if she could, if she cursed, which she doesn't, she's a little Southern bell Bible thumper. Um, if she cursed, she would have been like, what the fuck are you doing playing poker? Like, this is so weird. And like, like I don't belong. Like she, she definitely missed me being on TV and being like, you know, the pretty soap star girl and whatever. And, um, well, she's probably going to watch this. Um, (laughs) but, um, leave out the F word. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I always felt fulfilled playing poker and um, I missed acting, but I love poker so much that I, I don't know. And I must've found some kind of therapeutic um, sense to it because uh, I, I know that I did an acting and I, and I never felt like a piece of me was missing. Sometimes like if I drove home from the casino at three thirty in the morning, I felt a little gross, you know, like, I kind of wish that, you know, that was part, part of me wanted to become a mom because I didn't like, you know, being in casinos all the time. But anyway, I, I, whatever I was, I was always fulfilled with both of my passions, but yeah, acting, um, I, you know, it might've been more of an escape because I played two characters for so long that it was an alter ego for me. I would slip in and out of my alter ego like I lived two lives. I mean, I really did. When you play the same character every day for eight years, you just become that. It was like, it was just like, and I could, I don't know. I probably barely could separate, separate the two half the time. And that's why when one life was canceled, I had an identity crisis. I really did. And I, and I recently read an article, um, I think about Kit Harrington and Sophie from game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And they both had, they both talked about how they had an identity crisis after Game of Thrones ended. And I was like, well, yeah. I know I wasn't on Game of Thrones, but <laughs> I, I could understand. I, so it was like a few months of just like, yeah, craziness. Phil so met me being a time. lawyer and I felt like a, a weird person for so long. So I was like, even like being a lawyer is like playing a role too. I was like 25 and I was pretending to be a grown up wearing high heels and suits and um, a briefcase and talking to people pretending I like know what the fuck I'm talking about. And that was like playing a role for like three years. And when I quit, I felt weird going to a casino in a hoodie and being like a normal person because I was just like, oh, I was just so professional. And like that part of my life is just over. It's like really weird to just like have something that was such a routine for so many years just like removed from your life and you're like it's, yeah and you all the people that you knew too like you don't see them anymore it's like very weird yeah, yeah I've definitely had three phases in my life and I'm in the third phase and it's great and, but all three phases were great mm-hmm. so I'm I'm very lucky that I got to like accomplish 
you know, my dreams, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I sowed all my oats before I became a mom and I, I got to live out my dreams. I did. I, you know, I got to be an actress. I got to play high stakes poker. I got to play poker on TV. And those were all dreams that I like, I, I don't know, like I, but I'm glad I'm talking with you all because I tell you what, about three hours ago, I wasn't feeling so lucky. I know. I feel like that's yeah. like, if you think about it in short term though, like, do you have friends that have like slightly older children? Cause I feel like you have to be going through like the worst part right now and then have it be quarantine too. It's like a nightmare, but I feel well, like my sister years, I mean, you might feel great. Yeah. My sister, my, my nieces are seven and three and she, she's worried about me. She's like, I, she's like, I can't imagine at this age, like being, you know, sun up to sundown and um you know i'm not the first i it i feel i feel almost silly like i'm not complaining about it i'm venting because it's hard and i respect like all them stay at home moms it's just harder than you could ever imagine i really shouldn't feel guilty either like we're asking you to share like you're allowed to say how you're feeling like there shouldn't be a layer of guilt also after having like a hard day well thanks yeah the days are just long and, and, um, that's all my baby's bored and I'm bored and, uh, but we're, we're going to get through it. I hope to God it doesn't last another couple months. Although I read some tweet from, I follow a British Columbia something or another account and they, I guess the head person basically said, don't expect anything to open up before summer. And I was like, huh. Um, I'm going to keep hanging in there for Phil because look, this is great for our company. And I, um, I mean, we really like, we, we really want to see our company succeed and we haven't made us, we just, I mean, obviously we're not making money yet. We give like a hundred percent rate back. My God. Um, if you're not playing on our site and you can, you're crazy. Like I play on the site like three hours a week and I get an email like once a week, like, you just got back $75, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Keep it. Oh my God. Keep it. Um, <laughs> so cute. I wish we could play. I wish Americans could play. Like oh. it really sucks. And it's so unlucky for you guys that I would say like uh, at least half of the people who are like diehard Phil fans cannot even play on his site. Oh, I know. It's so we much could goodwill. In the like, West, we, we, we would be rocking. Yep. But. Yeah. No, it's good. I've been playing a lot too. It's the games are juicy too. Like it's, it's soft. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's like, yeah, I just think it's just takes time to build. And we're, we're doing a lot better. I mean, like the last few months have been great for growth. And, um, so we're, we're finally, we're feeling positive now and, um, it's been a real bumpy road and Phil's just given it his all like day in day out for years. And it's been years now. I mean, years. Um, so Mm. Yeah. It's one good thing the quarantine has brought us, I guess, or the coronavirus. Online um, poker has been like booming. It is absolutely yeah. crazy. Like I think people are just bored. And I'm I just wish that the US would look at this and be like, look, there's like tons of bored people. This is somewhere you guys can collect some much needed tech tax revenue. Please just let mm-hmm. us play online poker. Like other states, like more than three states, preferably. And then, you know, it'll be better for everyone and they'll get money that they're going to desperately need when this is all over. Yeah. How does it like, so being a lawyer, how does it, 
what really needs to go down for it to be legal nationwide? Like what really needs to happen? So you think more states need to do it state by state and then what? I, I was, I'm going to give you a very disappointing answer because I was a trust and a state's attorney. If you want to ask me about a will, I can give you everything. Okay. <laughs> I like, don't even know. I'm like, I know yeah. that state by state, like if they can all link together, that'll yeah. do it. But uh, like what happened when it, uh, Black Friday, it was like they reinterpreted the UIGA Act, the wire transfers. They just reinterpreted it. They just decided like, okay, like now we think that this pertains to this. So mm-hmm. it's politics and there's bullshit involved for sure. It and doesn't, like, um, I mean, I, I'm under the impression that like as long as Trump is president, it's never going to happen because Adelson Ald- 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 is his like one of his biggest like financers, right? So, and he's number one anti- so I think we're screwed unless I agree with that. I'm not really sure like what else happened. I was actually surprised it even like went down in Nevada. I thought Nevada would be like one of the last ones just because casinos here actually have a reason for it. Like they want us to play yeah. there. They don't want us to play online, but I don't know, maybe some other lobbyist paid an appropriate amount to let us have it. <laughs> yeah. But you can't, you can't buy a lottery ticket in Nevada. You can gamble your fucking ass off, but if you want to <laughs> play the Powerball, you're screwed. <laughs> It's, it's just yeah. crazy. Like we have so many ridiculous laws, like, and then in certain States where they're like, you can literally spend your last dollar on a scratch off ticket. But if you yeah. sports bet or play online poker, like that's against the law. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. wrapping up. Um, yeah, I guess. What do you, uh, what's, I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing happening. That's what's so hard. It's like, so what's on the horizon for you? And everyone's like, well, I'm going to be sitting around. What are you going to yeah. be doing? Like, it's super depressing. I guess so. I'll, so what, I'll, then I'll just wrap up. So, I mean, I guess what people are interested in is, is Phil's challenges. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, he kind of miscalculated. He booked six challenges, and then we have a we had a five month lease, and this first challenge has taken like four months. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to be here any longer, <laughs> so we're having kind of a predicament there. Um, this one's probably going to wrap up in two weeks or less. And then he's got to jump on another one, but he's not going to be done. He's we're not going to finish by the end of the May. End of May. We're going to understand. Like we're finished by the end of the year. But um, I got to go back home. I'm losing my marbles. So um, (laughs) so there's going to have to be a break, or or he's going to have to play on a U.S. site or something, or I don't know what's going to happen. But um, I just. I want to be supportive, but I also have to think about my own mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I hope, I hope he gets two challenges done while we're here. But I don't know the rest. I, I need to go home for a while, and then we'll have to reevaluate. So I don't know. Like a lot of people are excited and like this is going to last all year, and like, <laughs> what? hang on, guys, because like this is really hard for me. <laughs> Um, I just wish I never, I have never wished online poker was legal in the U S more than I do right now. This is, um, selfishly and for all the people that want to play, but like, um, 
yeah, I don't know how, I, I don't, I, re- I don't know how the rest of the years are going to go. Cause, um, Phil's dealing, dealing with me. He would love to just pound out challenge after challenge, add more challenges and then some more challenges after that and just challenge his whole life fucking away. But I miss my home, my pool, my bed, my flowers. I'm missing my trees bloom right now. It's spring. I got two trees that turned pink for about two and a half weeks out of the year. They're pink right now and I'm away. I don't even get to see my trees turn pink the two weeks that they're pink. And I just want to go home. And I'm like, this place is nice, but I just really want to go home. And I can't do six challenges right now from the sidelines. I will do two challenges and then he's going to have to figure out his life. I feel like thank you for playing on run once. Super reasonable. I feel like anyone who was expecting the challenges to go a certain way needs to readjust their expectations based on a a plague of our whole entire world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I, when I tune in, I hear like Tuckman say, yeah, and he's got five more lined up after this and blah, blah, blah. And Phil's trying to book more. And I'm like, everybody slow your roll <laughs> because I'm, 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 I'm crazy. I'm crazy now. Yeah. Like, thank you note, all for having that's, me. <laughs> that's a good note to end on. Fair is crazy now. I'm I crazy think a lot now. Of people, a lot of people can relate to that right now. A lot of people are losing their fucking minds. I'm, I'm, I am losing my mind. <laughs> we'll do an update stream. We'll do an update pod in like a okay. year. If everything's great and your mind is back together. I'm yeah. not at an institution or some sort. <laughs> <laughs> or if you are, we'll do it from the institution. We'll get really a lot of views. It'll be great. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, by the way, I've, this is a fun fact about me. I've never seen a podcast or listened to a podcast. And I love you girls, and I thank you all for doing this Run at Once sponsored podcast. I will not be watching this, and I've never <laughs> seen any of your podcasts, and, but I've never seen any podcast. I don't know why. I have no desire, and I no, especially will not want to watch one that I'm on. Huh? You just gave us the green light to edit the fuck out of this and make you say all kinds of horrible things. Oh, that's and fine. Like, I'm not going to watch. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it, but then you might, <laughs> but then you might lose your little podcast job. I don't know. <laughs> that's true what if it's just like talking about how good phil is all the time like we'll just piece it all together oh, he would love that yeah <laughs> He'll, he might retweet it he might say this is a really good episode of the right guys oh thank you for coming on and spending your very little free time with us thank yeah you. much appreciated all right um so anyway <laughs> shout out to all the moms out there Ophelia, and to all the non-parents quarantined i want you to count your blessings tonight before you go to bed. All right. We're out, right? We're yeah. out. We're out. <laughs>